You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast, where I tap into the mind of today's impact players. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and my guest today is Emmett Plant. Emmett, or was a, I was about to say is, was a international male model. He traveled the world, led a very active lifestyle, lived it up, ate whatever he wanted, and got to the point where he realized, you know what, I just don't feel very well. He uh, got very sluggish, just eating kind of whatever, whenever, and so he wanted to change his diet. Did a lot of research, figured out that a plant-based diet was about the healthiest diet that you could get into, and so he made the switch which was great. He ended up feeling amazing. But the problem was he ended up losing a lot of weight, lost a lot of muscle mass. And so it got him very curious and set him down a path of figuring out how do I eat a plant-based diet, but also develop a, a Superman physique. And eventually he found out that he was able to do it and he accomplished it. And a lot of other men in his circle of influence started asking him, Hey man, what are you doing? Can you teach me? How did you do it? And thus, the plant-based Superman methodology and movement was born. So Emmett has put together an incredible program that teaches other men how to develop the plant-based Superman, where you know, it teaches you how to transition to a plant-based diet, but also develop the physique of a superhero, which... which man doesn't want to become a superhero, right? Uh, he hails from Australia, so you'll have to endure his very charming accent on this call. And that's about it for the intro. So let's dive into the call. Here I am with Emmett Plant. All right. I am here with the Emmett Plant. How you doing, man? I'm great, brother. Cheers. Got my Superman smoothie here ready to go. Excellent. He uh, Emmett is the plant-based Superman guru. I just got off a call with him to find out more about the program. And I'm psyched to share this with my audience and uh, seems like you're up to a lot of cool stuff. First and foremost, uh, for those who don't know who you are, why don't you share your, your brief overview of what plant-based Superman is and what else you want to share with anybody else? Hey brother. Yeah. Thanks. Firstly, thanks for having me on. And if you're wondering what I'm doing down here, I'm actually playing with my, uh, my little plant-based super dog. He's not really plant-based, but my super dog, Marley. So uh, he may be jumping up and uh, trying to get a slice of the attention here as well. And um, that's what's going on here, man. I'm on single daddy duties. Uh, my fiance is away in Sweden, so I'm looking after the puppy, and he's an absolute nutcase. So if you're wondering what I'm doing, I'm just playing with my dog down here, keeping it busy while I'm on the call. Um, and to give you a little uh, snapshot of who I am, what I do, what the plant-based Superman's all about um, – Basically, since I, was, since I was a kid, man, I was always into sports, studying sports science, um, playing Australian football at like state level when I was younger. Um, got, been in personal training for over 10 years. And uh, in 2016, before I even get to that part of the story, I guess um, I, when I grew up, I was eating heaps of meat. I was like probably, I've probably eaten over a thousand chickens in my lifetime. And, um, you know, I was eating like three or four whole chickens a week. And I was eating a very meat-based diet, and uh, that's what people told me I needed to do when I was in exercise and sports science and when I was training and performing. Um, so that's what I did, and I was, you know, I was modeling around the world as well. So I looked good, I was training good, but on the inside and I guess in terms of my actual health, um, I wasn't really the healthiest I could have been. And um, I was in New York to get to the, the crunch and the transformation from meat-based Emmett to plant-based Emmett. Um, I was modeling in New York and I was about to eat like a, a chicken salad from like a buffet and one of those Whole Foods or whatever you got over there. And um, I looked at this chicken. I was like, where did the fuck did this thing come from? Like, what is, what is, what is, what is this? You know? Um, and it, it wasn't, it made me sick. Like, thinking about where it actually came from and that I didn't know where it came from. And it was like some dead animal that could have been messed up from all sorts of human handling and human cruelty and things like that. And, and I just didn't really trust it. I didn't like, I didn't feel it, but that, that was the real spiritual shift, I guess, from, um, you know, being meat based to switching to plants was that one moment there when I was like, you know, wondering what I was actually putting in my body. And that led me to go down the path of exploring the plant-based nutrition and, looking into people like Rich Roll and, um, you know, I primarily got into the plant-based nutrition for performance and for longevity and for my personal health, um, but obviously you know, the environment, animal cruelty and everything else that's attached to it is, uh, is another massive bonus and a massive win for everyone on the planet. Um, and then to tie that into how I became the plant-based Superman and what the movement's all about, um, basically when I switched to plants, I felt amazing, super, superhuman, energy boost, clarity, um, I was feeling great, but um, I lost heaps of weight because I didn't know how to eat 
plants right um, and I wasn't eating enough sort of energy, enough calories. So I lost about five or six kilos. And um, for me, being 83 kilos uh, before and then being super lean and strong, um, losing weight was actually a bad thing, you know, compared to some people who want to lose weight. Um, so I was the lightest that I'd been since I was probably like 16 and I turned into a skinny, weak vegan dude. And, um, and you know, I looked at myself in the mirror. I was like, damn, this is not how I'm going to actually promote the plant-based movement, you know. Like no one wants to be some skinny, weak vegan dude. So um, that's when I decided to create the plant-based Superman movement, the path, the system, um, and everything that is, uh, has come to fruition and reality today is uh, basically from my own struggles with um, building a Superman body on plants and then using my experience to put together this movement um, and this system to transform average men into Superman. Love that. Um, so how do you go from uh, the skinny, you know, the skinny wimpy guy to a plant-based Superman, what's missing beyond, uh, or how do you eat plant-based stuff in a way that actually you can build muscle and have energy and uh, longevity in that sense? Yeah. Good question. So basically um, the first tip would be your calories. So making sure that you're eating enough calories and calories is basically just a form of energy. Um, so plants don't have a lot of calories. You know what I mean? Like lettuce, spinach, kale, you know, like most of the plants that you, that you think about when you're eating vegan or plant-based, they don't have a lot of energy. They've got a lot of micronutrients, but not a lot of macronutrients. Um, so tip number one would be um, making sure you're eating enough um, to, to fuel your, um, your training and to fuel your life. And then number two would be sort of the macronutrient ratio. So eating a, eating a pretty high, I eat like 60% carbohydrates, 20% protein, 20% fat. So making sure that I'm getting whole grains like oats and brown rice and quinoa and, um, and bread and things like that, like heaps of, heaps of whole grains is probably the, the second tip, um, making sure you're eating a high-carbohydrate diet. Um, and this, this could go so deep, this, this answer, but I'll try and keep it semi-surface level um, just so we can get through a bit more stuff. But um, the other one would also be the protein intake. So um, going into you know, where to find protein from plants, and yes, there is protein in plants, you know, um, but you just have to be a lot more aware of what protein equals. So before, protein equals meat, meat equals protein. Um, and now that I've switched to plant-based, it's more like protein equals whole grains and legumes or protein equals whole grains and nuts and seeds, you know. So putting those things together means that you can actually get a lot of protein from, uh, from your plant-based diet. Um, and the other thing I'd probably recommend as well is, is getting on the Superman smoothies where you can load this bad boy up with some plant-based protein, uh, peanut butter, oats, bananas, whatever you need, man. You have one of these in the morning and you just fucking fired up and ready to take on any challenge in life. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to ask you, what is it, what does a typical day look like for you as far as what you're eating and, and working out for that matter? Yeah. So, um, at the moment training, training for like an Ironman and still training with the PBS team with, um, our, our Superman program. So, uh, I'm probably training like three or four hours a day. And, um, my typical morning would be like when I'm, well, at the moment I'm looking after Marley. So I'm going out for like four plus hours of walking with him, walk slash running with him. Um, so, but without him, when my partner's here, a typical day would be wake up, um, go to the gym, smash out my workout, come back, have my Superman smoothie, jump into the the laptop land and and jump into the team, coach the team, working on the PBS movement. Um, and then I'd do another session sort of in the afternoon. And I guess my food would be Superman smoothie in the morning then like lunch would be something like, you know, rice and beans or a chickpea curry or a stir fry, for an example. They're three sort of go-tos I have pretty much every week. Um, and then in the after, in, at dinner time would be something sort of similar like that, I guess. So um, does that, that sort of answer the question? Yeah, for the most part. What do you do f- to, for snacking? Do you snack at yeah. all? Yeah, fuck yeah, snack, man. I want to snack. <laughs> the, problem, the, problem for, the problem for me, mate, is not uh, not. <laughs> It's not, it's not trying not to eat. The problem for me is actually eating enough. So, um, mate, for snacking, heaps of, I've got heaps of fruit over there, got nuts and seeds, got avocado and toast, um, things like that, I guess, uh, hummus, and, hummus and crackers, hummus and carrots, um, and, and just smoothies, man. I guess like, I, probably have, I probably end up having maybe two of these a day um, just sort of for convenience and for nutrition. As I said, when you're, when you're training like a, a Superman, bro, like I'm burning – I'm burning thousands of calories a day. So I actually aim to be eating about three to 4,000. And when I'm on heavy endurance, uh, a period of heavy endurance cycle, then I'm yeah. eating over 4,000 calories a day. You know, that's so, a lot of, that's a lot of legumes. That's a lot of fucking plants, bro. I know. 
Um, what would you say is the biggest uh, misconception that people have with eating plant-based? Mm. Plant-based diet. Mm, good question. Um, that I only eat uh, lettuce. Okay. <laughs> so that I only eat, that I only eat like fucking green leafy vegetables, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, that was a surprise for me as I've started to shift my diet. I've been eating more plant based in the last few years, and uh, I didn't realize that there were, you know, plant based milk, plant based butter, plant based cheese, plant based, you know, all the stuff that you would normally eat anyway, which means, oh, I can still have a pizza. I can still have, you know, this, that or whatever. And, and that was a big eye opener for me is most, I think most people think of a diet as some type of depravity. Like I'm going to be this uh, alternate version of myself for as long as I possibly can until I just fucking throw in the towel and then I'm back to my old habits. And when you realize that, oh, plant-based, like you can actually eat what you want and, and feel like you're cheating and feel like you're having what you want to eat, but it's still healthy. I mean, obviously you can still, you know, go overboard. You can, you could eat, you know, sweet rolls all day and, and that's probably not going to be beneficial to your health, but. Yeah. Um, I think the other one, the other one I'll jump in there as well is, um, is also understanding that you can still eat, you can still have like your breakfast. You can still do like pancakes or, um, tofu scramble you can still do like tofu scramble you can still do whatever you usually have for breakfast without the animal products you can still do whatever you want for lunch you can still do burgers if you want for lunch you know you can still do um curries for dinner you can still do stir fries you can still do all these dishes that um even a roast you can do like amazing roast uh bowls like roast veggie bowls and put mushrooms instead you know you can still do all these amazing dishes that you'd be eating meat-based but you just substitute, substitute it with plants and it tastes even better. So it's sort of like lentil bolognese, man. You know what I mean? Like right. everything can be substituted with um, plants and you can make it taste good. And I guess that's the other um, common misconception as well is that, uh, you know, eating plant-based doesn't taste good or it's, you know, it's, it's bland or it's the, you know, nothing you can't eat. You can't eat all these things, you know? So it's, um, that's, that's the other misconception, I think. Yeah, that that blew my mind when uh, I got to meet a who now is a really good friend of mine. Uh, she's a vegan chef, and she made some food for me. She had a, a restaurant out in Hawaii, and I and I you know she cooked some food for me, and I'm like, this is it, like bursting with flavor and uh, and filling and delicious. And I'm like, oh, I I mean, if I'm eating this, I could be vegan. I could be plant based. I mean, I'm. I'm from uh, Midwest America where we love our barbecue and our meats and all that. And I do, I still like eating that stuff, but um, I've noticed a huge, what's that? How'd you feel after, after eating the plant-based dish compared to eating a a meat-based dish? Oh, that's the other thing. You don't feel bloated. You don't feel sluggish. You don't feel, you know, a burst of energy and then crash. Like it's, it, 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 I had a piece of hair fly in my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that came from. Is that from um, the chicken you just ate before, mate? <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, you know, as I've as I've shifted my diet more to the plant based stuff, it's totally changed uh, how I feel on the inside, and you, you could feel it. It's it's dramatic. Um, and again, it's it's not it's not like you're changing the item that you're eating. It's you're changing the the uh the source of the item that you're eating it could be the same item pizza is pizza you can eat a really healthy shitty pizza or you can have more of a plant-based pizza and it and it doesn't it's not as heavy it doesn't slow you down it doesn't whatever so uh and you're right and it tastes delicious like so that's i would agree with you i think those are probably the two biggest misconceptions um i'm curious a little bit about your background like be, before you got into before you had the the chicken episode like where did you grow up you're from australia right yeah what yeah. city so i grew up in uh in perth western australia so um on the west coast and uh grew up sort of super into sport playing australian football um which led me into uh studying exercise and sports science at university or college in america um and then i was just into personal training and always into sort of, um, you know, training things. And then I won like a, a modeling contest um, competition and um, went to America and I was traveling around America and then like a scout signed me up to Wilhelmina, which is a modeling agency in New York, uh, Miami and 
uh, LA. So I was living in, I have to interrupt you because most people are going to be listening to this and not watching the video and they're, they are totally missing out. You're a good looking dude. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a very staunch heterosexual track record. I just want to make that very clear, but I know a good looking guy when I see one and you're, you're a good looking dude. (laughs) I I think you're pretty good looking too, mate. uh, I'm feeling the love across across the the oceans. Let's forget you in the Superman program, bro. Watch out. Watch out, world. Peter's on the on the prowl. That's looking like yeah. a Superman. Here we go. Uh, uh, that's the intent. Um, <laughs> so, um, but what like what were your eating habits growing up? Were your were your parents um, you know, disciplined? Did they did they get good food or what was it? Heavy, heavy, like? heavy meat based, bro. My dad my dad said uh the only green thing I'll eat is 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 a moldy steak or mold on steak or some shit, you know, like <laughs> So there you go. My dad was heavily against plants. Um, and when I was younger, uh, from all the research I did when I was in, um, studying in, in college and things, uh, I'll say college because Americans understand what that means. Yes. But um, when I was in college, uh, you know, all of the papers, all the nutrition and everything I was studying was, you need to be eating this much chicken. You need to be eating this much rice. Like all I used to eat when I was a kid was chicken and rice, bro. Like chicken and rice, steak and pasta, you know, spaghetti bolognese, like, you know, I was heavy meat-based, bro. Like, yeah. um, that's all I I didn't, I honestly, I didn't eat, I, I hated salads when I was younger. So it's, it's pretty funny um, snapshot, the, you know, the comparison to where I am now being only plant-based and my parents tripping out going, holy shit, who is this guy, you know? So, um, so yeah, I guess, I guess that's sort of my, my brief sort of journey. Yeah, what do they think of the of what you're doing now? Is your dad eating more greens, or is he still in his mold? He is. Habits? He is, man. Yeah, he he joined. Um, we had an 84 day uh, VIP program, 84 day system that we, we first launched, and he jumped into that, and he started having um, some more smoothies, and uh, he's he's sort of lost about 12, 14 kilos, I think, um, as well since switching up his diet and switching wow. up his lifestyle. So, so that's really cool, and um, I guess. And, and my mum and, and my sister, my sister's um, super supportive and my, my brother-in-law, my sister's uh, husband has, uh, has joined the, the VIP coaching program as well. So he, he was a super heavy meat-based dude and now he switched to plants as well. So I guess um, it's really cool leading by, leading by your actions and, and sort of, um, you know, seeing people understand, oh, shit, like if Emmett's, if Emmett studies this shit and if Emmett's fucking like, eating more plants, like, you know, it must be beneficial, you know, and um, – right. Yeah, the biggest reason, I guess, this sort of ties into your question as well, but the biggest reason why I went plant-based um, is because my, uh, my granddad died of a heart attack. My uncles had multiple sort of, um, you know, heart surgeries and heart attacks and things. And um, we've got sort of a family history of, of heart disease and, and heart attacks and things. So um, I believe that that is largely due to um, your diet and, and obviously meat, meat-based products and animal-based products have been largely linked to heart disease and cancer and, and all these illnesses. Um, so that's a large reason why I also have gone fully plant-based and why I'm promoting uh, the plant-based nutrition to my family and friends and to the world, man, because, uh, you know, if, if you just eat more plants, less animal products and reduce your risk greatly of having a heart attack or cancer or um, any of these other sort of illnesses that can be prevented, then why wouldn't you? hundred percent, dude. I, th- I think that, um, I mean, the world hasn't caught up yet it's starting to like you're starting to see massive trend towards plant-based uh eating Uh, here in the states anyway uh, i would assume it's the same over there but um you know you're starting to see celebrities promote it you see uh beyonce taking a big bite of a pizza going "Mm, delicious vegan pizza uh you know you see nfl players that are pure uh plant-based um one thing i have noticed uh, we talked about this on our call previously but the difference between a vegan and somebody who's plant-based, it's like there's, there's such a emotional charge behind the word veganism that I think uh, that's turned some people off. But plant-based seems to be more acceptable. It seems like people are uh, – it's a little bit more approachable. Um, and everybody that I've talked to who is quote-unquote plant-based uh, – seems to be much more, they're not militant. Um, whereas some vegans I know are great and they're wonderful and they're not militant, but, but some vegans I know are that more militant, like, you know, environmentally driven and, and you're going to hell if you, you know, have a leather belt on or something or whatever. And, you know, I get it, I get it, but, um, nobody wants to be, you know, choked into a different lifestyle choice. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, So 
one of the things that uh, we talked about pre this call was uh, basically, I guess, maybe a, a rebranding of yourself or, a, or a really creating or choosing a new identity. So your name isn't Emmett Plant, believe it or not. The plant-based guy's name is not Plant. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to know sort of the backstory and what your what your real name is and and how you got to that point where you're like, I'm going to fucking create this whole new identity. Yeah, man. Well, um, basically, I can start off by saying that uh, when I was younger, I had, I've always had this vision and always had these, these dreams of changing the world and, and, you know, basically making a massive impact and putting my debt in the universe and, you know, all these things, right? And um, I was traveling the world modeling and, you know, living this fucking dream life or people were like, oh, you living the dream, man. And I, I was like, I wasn't doing shit, man. I was floating around the world, like, you know, having fun, but I wasn't really making the impact that I wanted to make. And, I found there was a huge gap between my a huge gap between my expectations or between my vision of who I wanted to become and, and the impact I wanted to have and what my actions and what my actual behaviors and my habits and what my actual results were. You know what I mean? So I spent the first 25 years of my life um, basically pretending like I was going to change the world, pretending like I was going to take make take massive action and pretending like I was going to really push myself to become the greatest version of myself and. Um, and basically, I wasn't get doing shit, man. I was just fucking wasting my life away, you know, and going in circles. And then um, in 2006, uh, sorry, 2016, I should say, um, I ruptured my Achilles tendon and, uh, and basically ripped my Achilles tendon out of my heel bone. And, um, and I was out, man. I, I, I was doing it snowboarding and it was fucked, right? Like, um, basically, I was fully out of action. And the doctors told me I'd never walk again, never run again, never you know, be an athlete or whatever. And, wow. um, and I was like, fuck that shit, man. I'm, I'm coming back. And, um, and that was the darkest sort of, one of the darkest moments of my life was going through the identity crisis of always being the fit, fit dude, the athlete, you know, the model around the world or whatever. And then, you know, being in a moon boot and being um, out of action for like a year really spun me out mentally. And, uh, and that's where I got really deep into neuroscience and visualization and, um, and recreating identities and habits and um, basically reprogramming your brain, subconscious programming, conscious programming, things like that. Um, and, uh, and that's what sort of sparked me to recreate myself and to really take a look at who I was, my actions and behaviors and how I could um, you know, re- 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 reinvent myself, you know. And, um, and then I met my beautiful fiance as well, which is another catalyst to the transformation of, uh, of the plant-based Superman and, and myself today. Um, so since meeting her, I totally switched like my whole mindset around, you know, floating around the world, being the single dude, living the fucking bachelor life, you know, to being a family man, to having a fiance. And, and I proposed to her after a year of being together because I just knew she was the, the woman of my dreams and she is what I needed in my life to, to give me that, um, give me that sort of stability, purpose and, and drive, you know, of, of what it means to sort of have a, have a partner and to be doing it for someone else, um, which I think is another massive motivating factor um, if anyone's looking at motivation is to stop doing it for yourself and do it for someone else. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, a, that's was another really massive spark. And then I guess um, the reason why I created Emmett Plant and the reason why I created the Plant-Based Superman um, is like creating like an alter ego or creating like a, a new um, identity that has all of the values and the beliefs and the habits and the routines and the behaviors and the, um, the, I guess the, the identity and the mindset that you want to have, you know what I mean? Because I couldn't have done what I've done today if I didn't create this new identity and these new, um, these new routines and new, ha- new habits and new ways of showing up in the world. And there's another great book called uh, The Alter Ego Effect by uh, Todd Herman, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which really goes into this. And he's a, he's a world-class, world-class sort of uh, performance coach and he talks about how to use the alter ego effect when, like, say performers like Beyonce, you know, like her name's not Beyonce, you know, or like I think her name was like Foxy, Foxy Storm or some shit before, you know, like all these um, sort of performers and, and uh, athletes and things. I think like uh, there's another NFL player like who's like the beast or beast mode, you know, or whatever, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. um, it was just a way for me to create a, a new identity, a new persona so that I could actually show up in the world and do the shit that I wanted to do. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, and I think it speaks to a core reason why some people are able to lose the weight and get in the shape that they ultimately desire to and why some people don't. Let's talk about that for a second because a lot of um, 
a lot of nutrition and fitness hacks will just say, like you hear this all the time, you know, eat less, move more. Come on. It's not that hard. It's simple. Um, and if it were that simple, obviously we'd all be doing it. So the reason why most of us aren't doing it is because we do have an identity crisis in our head of, of, well, maybe I'm not worth it or, you know, people won't love me or, or, you know, a lot of women have, uh, were, were violated. And, and so out of protection, they'll eat and become unattractive. Or, you know, you see guys in the weight room that are huge because they were picked on when they were kids. And so there's a, there's that inner, um, belief system and operating system that we talked about that is so crucial to, uh, to, you know, getting into the best shape of your life. Let's talk about that for a second. What do you, what do you see as the core, sort of principles to the mindset shift that somebody needs to take or, or walk us through how you would uh, coach somebody to shift into more of a Superman mindset. Yeah. Great, great question, man. So basically the first step of our, of our sort of Superman path and becoming a Superman is actually um, basically getting real with yourself and getting clear on the facts. You know what I mean? So awareness is number one. Um, so getting aware of, what the habits are that, that aren't serving you, um, writing down a list of your habits, ones, habits that are good, habits that are bad, habits that are neutral, um, and taking like an inventory check on where exactly you're at now, you know, because if you're not clear on exactly where you're at, then you've got no idea where you started and you can't actually develop a plan to get to, to, get to where you want to be. Um, and then the second step, sort of like with our uh, little coaching call before, mate, you know, basically getting clear on the facts and getting clear of where you're at and what's driving you to actually change um, and holding on to that so that when you do embark on this journey, when shit gets tough, which it will, you've got that motivating factor of I never want to get back to X. I never want to get back to being that, that dude, you know, whatever it is that you're going mm-hmm. for, going, moving, moving away from. Um, step number two would be having a clear um, identity or a clear sort of um, a clear picture of exactly who you want to become um, and getting really specific with it, not just being like fit, strong, um, feel good. You know, it's like, Um, I want to look like this guy. I want to basically, you know, be able to lift this amount of weight. I want to get to this number on the deadlift squats, whatever, having, having numbers and getting real with the facts is one of the biggest problems that, that people face is they, they have a, they they go for like a goal or like a very subjective goal, which is, um, you know, not really measurable. So having measurable goals, measurable targets enables you to get fucking real with the facts so that when you don't feel good, you can look at the numbers and be like, shit, I'm getting stronger. You can look at the numbers and be like, shit, I'm losing weight. Shit, I'm, you know, getting fitter, whatever it is. You know, having, having the facts takes out the emotion from the journey because there's going to be highs and lows, good and bad, um, and it's, it's not an easy journey, man. Like all these fake fads and shit out there, none of them fucking work, man. You know, I'm sure some you, yourself or your listeners have tried these things before and, you know, you get results for a week or two and your low-carb diet, your keto diet, and then after a week you feel shit, you feel destroyed. You're like, fuck, this is not sustainable, you know? So, um creating that sort of point where you start, point where you're going to um, get to. And then the next step is actually having the path to get there. So having a proven system to take you from point A to point B so that you can stay on track. Because if you try to, you try to do it yourself and if you, if you try to get there yourself, you just end up going in circles or going up and down, backwards, forwards, up and down. You don't have a, if you don't have a clear path, then you're never going to get to where you want to get to because mm-hmm. you'll try something, it won't work and you'll fall back and then you'll try something else and, um, you know, basically, I guess they're my three points would be awareness of where you're at, getting real with yourself, two, having a clear destination of where you want to get to, and three, developing a, a, a clear, simple to follow path, a proven system of how you're going to get there. Um, with respect to the system, I love what you've done with your Superman levels. Share um, what those levels are and what the different, uh, how you go from one level to the next. Yeah, so basically the level one is creating your Superman identity, um, which is all about, as we said, talking about your identity, your mindset, who it is you want to become, how you want to show up, your values, beliefs, and this new, this new version of yourself, right, that can do fucking anything, all right? So when you chuck on your PBS singlet, you fucking go into beast mode, you know, plant-based Superman mode, you can fucking dominate any challenge, right? Um, and then number two is building your Superman body. So we've got a list of 13 standards. Um, ranging from body weight to strength to metabolic conditioning to endurance and growth. So we've also got a growth element. We've got a list of um, sort of books out there like The Rise of Superman, Alter Ego Effect, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, things like that to read and expand your consciousness and your mindset. Um, so I can, I can share those with you as well and you can write them down for your listeners to have check out. Yeah. Um, and, then, um, and then the next step is, is basically putting your body to the test, right? Because the best way for you to reach your greatest potential is to 
basically break free of your um, perceived limits. You know what I mean? So earlier this year I did a half Ironman, um, which I never thought I'd complete. It's like six hours of fucking pain and torture. Mm. Um, and then later this year I'm doing a full Ironman, which is going to be like 12 hours or more <laughs> of fucking pain and torture, you know? Um, but coming out, of, coming out of those experiences, man, was just like the most life-changing, life transformative thing in the world, you know, like, oh, my God, I'll, that's a whole other story. So step three is going through that um, – that challenging journey and experience where only you can actually go through it and you're alone and you're fucking in the trenches, you know, relying on yourself. So that's, that's number three, level number three. Um, and then level number four is upgrading your Superman skills. So basically um, taking on some Superman shit, you know, whether it's like uh, muscle ups, handstand pushups, backflips, pistol squats, um, you know, clap pushups, like whatever, whatever sort of crazy shit you want to do, we basically go through and we, we develop you to be able to achieve a new set of skills um, which are like all, all the crazy fitness dudes you see doing, right? Um, and then level five is leading like a plant-based Superman legend, which is uh, basically uh, like I think I spoke to you before. It's like sort of learn, practice, teach. So it's the best way to solidify all of the information and all the skills and knowledge and um, everything you've learned and, and everything you've grown, all the stuff you've grown into, the, the man you've become. Um, you start coaching that and teaching your family and friends and, and basically um, just sharing what it means to be a plant-based Superman and, uh, and helping to positively impact the planet, you know. So the old pay it forward kind of vibe and, and making a massive global impact is, is what Level 5 is all about, brother. I love that. I love that that's the destination because, yeah, you have full embodiment at that point to where you're able to pass it forward. Uh, I can't not follow up with the Ironman thing. What, what was – tell me about that experience. <laughs> yes, mate. Well, oh, shit. Well, I um, – oh, where do I begin, man? Well, so it was my first, uh, first Ironman, my first half Ironman. So it's a 70.3. It's a 2K swim, 90K bike, and a 20, 21K run. And um, we, my fiancé and I and Marley, we all drove up. Um, we all drove up there. I, did, I made the rookie mistake of not booking accommodation, right? And, and I thought, oh, it'd be fine. I'll be able to get a, get, a, get a spot up there. And it was like packed, man. It was up in uh, four hours north or something of, of, of Sydney. And um, it was packed. Couldn't find any accommodation. So I ended up sleeping in the back of the car. Um, like a Volvo XC90, brought out a mattress in there and had a shit sleep, man. Marley was fucking tweaking out and barking at shit all night. So I probably had four hours sleep, you know, before I'm doing this six-hour fucking race. And um, that was my first challenge. And then I rocked up and I was getting fired up, getting ready. The swim went well. I uh, did the swim in like 34 minutes. And then the bike, I felt pretty good on the bike. Did the bike in three hours and, and 13 or something. So I was averaging like 30Ks, which is my goal. Um, and then I came into the run and I was just fucking – pain pain town man like i got off and i was running first kilometer i felt pretty good and then i was like oh hey babe like you know i'm feeling good smiling and shit and then oh man like a kilometer after that my hammy started cramping my quad started cramping mm. everything was going in like excruciating pain and i was just my body was breaking down and what i forgot to mention was before that i also had an injury in my my right my right knee like my right ili- iliotibial bands itb so it's like the most excruciating stabbing pain of, you can imagine in the in the side of your knee and my physio said, oh, man, it's too late. You've got to go do it now. You know, you'll be fine. Just fucking have a go. Get through it. I was like, all right, here we go. And then at about five-kilometer mark, my knee started, like, just stabbing me with my iliotibial bands, one of the most the largest connective tissue on the outside of your quad that runs from your hip all the way down to your uh, t- uh, tibia and fibula on the, on, the front, on the outside of your knee. Um, and so it's a massive, massive muscle, massive tendon and uh, ligament, sorry. And it's like that was stabbing me in the knee from, from the fifth kilometer, and I had to go into this zone where, like, every step was excruciating. I was cramping up. My body was shutting down. And I had to go into this place, like, that I'll never forget, man. I was, I was like, closing my eyes as I'm running and I was picturing, you know, um, picturing, like, Johanna and picturing the finish line and picturing my family and the team. And, like, I was going to this crazy zone where um, I was able to, like, like overcome the pain and overcome the, str- the suffering through um, accessing, like, a, a fucking psycho – power man you know i can't even it's hard to even put into words i guess but um i was able to push myself to a beyond my body's ability with my mind you know what i mean and sort of like when you hear all these endurance athletes or these um crazy motherfuckers doing insane shit around the world how they talk about accessing this this zone um and that's what i really tapped into so now i know that the iron man's going to hurt the next one the full iron man in december is going to hurt i know that anything else in my life that I need to do. I mean, it's, it was like survival mode, you know, like if you're in the fucking middle of the desert, you know, would you be able to get, would you be able to get back? And I'm like, I'd fucking get back. 
like yeah. no worries. Like yeah. it makes everything else seem insignificant. And um, the funny part of this was that I got through the 10, 10 kilometers. So it was one big lap, right? And I'm like, you know, I was planning to do the whole run in like an hour and 30, hour and 40. Um, and it took me an hour and 30, hour 40 to do 10 kilometers. And then I got back and, um, and I was like, oh, thank fuck. There's the finish line. Like I'm falling apart. And then the dude's like, you've only got one bracelet. You still got another lap to do. And I'm like, you're fucking kidding me. So that they go do another 10 K lap. Um, in the most extreme pain and suffering uh, torture of my life, man. And, um, and yeah, and I got through it. I finished it and I uh, couldn't walk after it, couldn't walk for a week. And then um, that was my, my journey, man. So <laughs> um, that's, uh, I can't even begin to imagine the, uh, the mental letdown that last, that last 10K lap must have been. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned everybody that I've spoken to that's done endurance, um, events have talked about a hitting that threshold of like, I can't go any longer. Like I'm hitting it. This is my physical threshold and then tapping into something else uh, on the mental side of things. But, and they've all talked about vision. Um, Robin Benincasa was somebody I had on the show not too long ago and she's, I mean, some of the stuff that she's done is, uh, I can't even believe that she's done it. She's, she's on a whole nother level. Um, but she talked about hitting those thresholds and then having that vision of who do you want to be the next day? Like, do you want to look back on this and be the type of person who, you know, found a way. So in other words, she was connecting to identity in the future, future pacing is I guess what they call it, but, um, fascinating really fascinating. Yeah. So you, you were envisioning, uh, the finish line and were you envisioning like the feeling that you would f- feel or I started off, I started off getting like, um, so I, I was going through this and I was closing my eyes at times, like trying to draw on energy from the universe. Like I was, it sounds trippy as fuck, but I'll share with you what I actually was actually thinking. So I was running and I was like trying to draw on energy, like summoning power from the fucking universe to keep me going. You know, that was my first attempt at, of like getting through it. And that was like sort of positive, like, you know, happy energy. And then after a while, that wasn't really working. So I was doing like, I came up with my own mantra, like believe, inspire, never give up. And I was just running along going, believe, inspire, never give up. Like I was just believe, believe, believe. I was like fucking chanting that shit in my head as I was taking every step. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got me through, that got me through like another half an hour, 40 minutes of, of pain. And then I went to, like, then I went to like a really dark place of like um, visualing, vis- uh, visualizing my fiance, Hannah. Um, hey, um, sorry. Visualizing my fiance Hannah and, and like um, visualizing letting her down. It's like you're a fucking pussy. You can't do this. You're you're fucking weak. You know you're gonna fucking let her down. You let the whole team down. And I was like, yeah, fuck. And I was like, fuck you. And I was like talking to myself, like fuck you. You know I'm gonna get there. And then and then I was laughing by the end of it. So I went through this whole roller coaster. And by the end of it, I was smiling, man. And I think smiling is probably a really great um tip that you can use if you're going through any struggles or pain or a tough time just smile man like ah, oh, yeah like it feels amazing <laughs> you know and it doesn't matter like when you're smiling phys- physiologically you can't actually you can't feel fucking happiness and, and pain like at once so i was like running i was running the finish line there's a photo of me finishing i, I can probably send you as well if you want to put on the show notes i was like it's a photo of me finishing i'm like smiling like oh yeah like it's amazing <laughs> like fucking loving it like oh give me some more like and the pain disappeared man like mm-hmm. if i needed to i could have run for another fucking 20 kilometers man because mm. i came to i came i became at peace with the pain and the suffering and the the torture and i, I pushed past that zone and yeah so life-changing oh that's phenomenal i appreciate you sharing that story that's um something i think everybody should should experience um one thing that i've noticed with uh, obviously the Australian culture is the, the no worries, no worries, mate, no worries, mate. Uh, when I was over there, um, a couple of years ago, everybody says it. And I I was so impressed with, it's not, or it's, it's amazing how that little bit of lexicon in a culture really does affect your mindset. Uh, everybody was just down to earth, chill, like, and a couple of, I forget exactly what it was, but we had had, you know, ran into some logistical timing, scheduling issues or whatever. And there was a lot of stress and people needed to get to where they needed to go, but you know, no worries. No worries. (laughs) We'll work it out. I I think it's so cool that a country culturally that's sort of, is that true? Or is that just me as an American kind of looking from the outside, looking in going, 
Yeah, and it's kind of, kind of kind of good and bad, I guess. Like um, the whole no worries, she'll be right, you know, like uh, in WA, Western Australia, there's like a – in the mining, there's a massive mining culture up in, uh, in northwestern Australia and they had like a – they had to bring out a she'll be right policy um, and, and in terms of safety because there was dudes on fucking massive cranes and swinging fucking boulders around and dynamite and shit and it's just like, ah, oh, she'll be right, mate. Like, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> – uh, mate, I'm just going to send it off this fucking, this cliff, man. Oh, yeah, she'll be right. Like, zzz, you know, like, <laughs> just like, uh, so I guess it's good and bad. It's, it's, they're def- uh, we're, we're definitely, Australians are definitely a bit more relaxed and a bit more laid back with the no worries, she'll be right yeah. kind of, kind of attitude. But at the same time, um, a job that, a job that should take, like a house, building a house should, that should take six months will take you six years. Because everyone's just like, oh, fucking no worries, mate. Yeah, it's like oh, time for a smoker, time for a beer. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, you know, they just, uh, I wouldn't say everyone, but um, there is, uh, you know, the Australian, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for this one, but um, like Australian government workers and Australian, I don't know if it's Australians or every, people in general, but they're very laid back with their, uh, their work ethic in, in certain jobs and positions, I would say. Ah, uh, that's interesting. How, how do you, how do you, how do you think the average Australian views the average American? <laughs> Good question. Good question. <laughs> I can't speak for the average, uh, the average Australian, but I can speak for myself. Um, and the Superman. My, um, how does the yeah. Superman Australian view? <laughs> okay. Well, from, from my, my time over in America, um, I think the Americans are very literal. Like they take things very um, literally. So I get myself, I get myself into a lot of trouble over there because I like to take the piss and people are like, take the piss. What do you mean? What do you mean? Take the piss. And I'm like, you know, just having a, having a laugh, man. They're like, having a laugh. Like what? You know, and I'm like, you know, having a joke, man. Like, don't take yourself so serious, man. I'm just take, taking the piss. And they're like, what? You're what? You know, like, <laughs> like, and I, and I guess, um, a lot of my humor, a lot of, um, probably strange humor is very sarcastic and, we like to take the piss out of each other and have a joke and like, you know, say like, Oh, nice shirt, mate. And it's like, Oh, thanks. And really it's like, you know, <laughs> what, are, what are you wearing? You know? So it's like, it's, um, I think that's, that's, that's the biggest sort of uh, cultural uh, difference, I guess, is um, mm. Australians are very, very, uh, very sarcastic and, and Americans are found are very literal. So um, huh. that was something I had to, had to make. Well, sure. That's interesting. That's really interesting. It's always funny to see yourself through other people's eyes. Uh, how long did you model for? Um, nineteen, twenty-ish, I guess. Twenty, maybe. Yeah, twenty. I'm still. I still did some modeling. Still did some modeling. So yeah, what's that? Nine years. Nine years. Uh, yeah. and you traveled the world doing that. Yeah. Yeah. What What was that like? Uh, it was. It was good. It was fun. Um, I guess it was fun while I was a young, young lad floating around the world, having fun. Um, you know, just sort of living that living that life but it was very very shallow very false very unfulfilling um and the fashion industry sucks like it's like it's pretty dark man like uh the actual the the, sort of like you know the highlight the high life of being a model and whatever traveling around the world getting paid you know paid good money to do not a lot is all it all sounds good but underneath that all the actual fashion industry is um is really really dark and sinister and a lot of people exploiting like a lot of um you know a lot of photographers and casting agents and um you know a lot of people in the in the production of things um exploiting young young men young women um and uh and basically you know promising the world and and uh not really delivering you know so i think that that side of it i didn't really like and i was sort of lucky that i was 20 21 so i was quite quite mature and quite confident in myself and who I was and I could say no to people and no to things. Um, but I can imagine, you know, there's, there's probably heaps of stories of, of younger men or younger women, um, you know, sort of all sorts of fucked up shit going on, um, you know. So I don't know. It's, it is what it is. And, um, you know, I, I didn't get in any of those sort of situations, I guess, but I, I've heard stories and the funniest, to, to switch it from a, a dark side of the fashion industry to a more fun and enlightening side, um, yeah. I guess uh, my, first, my first sort of show was uh, with, with, a, with an underwear um, company and I was doing like New York Fashion Week um, for an underwear company and um, it was legit like Zoolander, man. Like it was fucking legit like Zoolander. Like I could not believe it, eh? Like coming from Australia, being very laid back, being very down to earth, you know, growing up, growing up down under, mate. Um, 
going over there like into a New York fashion show was legit like Zoolander. I had like all these, you know, gay dudes running around all over me, like doing my hair and makeup, adjusting my, my jock strap and like, you know, the casting directors <laughs> coming up with their big like big black glasses and their bald heads and their like, you know, necktie, like, you know, black outfits. And yeah, I've got nothing, I've got nothing against gay dudes or anything like that. It's just, um, it was just funny the, you know, the, the environment that I got thrown into and you get all these other dudes backstage, backstage, like all the other models, like doing push-ups and doing crunches and like trying to get the pump on. And I'm like sitting here going, what the fuck is going on here? You know, like, <laughs> are these guys serious, man? Where am I? Like, so that was, that was, that was the funny side of it, I guess. Um, and not taking myself too seriously, I guess, like was the other thing. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I mean, my modeling experience is pretty much the same as yours. Um, <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of, uh, but of the same yeah. stuff, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, in the dad bod category. Oh yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. Yeah, highly yeah. sought after dad bod model. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, who's been your biggest influence? Uh, good question, eh? Mm, influence on what, man? Uh, just in in general, like growing up, was there somebody that was um, maybe in masculinity? Like, who did you look up to as a man, like growing up? Mm, good question, eh? And nothing. Like usually all of these questions you ask sort of I have a like something that comes to mind because I, you know, I know what the answer is. But this one, I can't think of necessarily a like a male like role model or a male sort of uh, influencer that I wanted to be, you know. Like I guess mm, I think I sort of created my own. Like I don't, I can't think of any actual answer one person. Yeah. Um, I think I sort of wanted to create, I wanted to be my own person, like my own man, you know, and I think I've, I've always sort of had something against authority, something against the status quo, something against, um, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like I've always, I've always wanted to be my own person and do my own thing and create my own life and create my own movement and things like that. So I guess um, wasn't really one person or one real influence that I can think of. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, bits and pieces of different people or different experiences, what have you. Super, yeah. Like I'm super deep into personal development and and um, and reading and learning about like successful people in different areas. So there's like a a broad array of um, of different people that I've taken bits and pieces from and implemented in my life and and stuff like that to create who I am and to create the plant based Superman. Um, so I guess. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much my answer. That one. Yeah, on the um, on the business side of things, how long? When did you create the brand? Uh, two thousand and eighteen, I think. Yeah, yeah, end of two thousand seventeen, two thousand eighteen, we launched. So almost coming up to two years. Okay. Um, did you get did you get help on that on on creating that, or was that just sort of a, a download from the universe, or how did you come up with that per se? Um. Well, with man, I've been floating through lots of different things. You know, I've I've sort of tried and failed more times than uh, than than you could count. You know, so I've I've went through a vast array of different opportunities and different ideas and different um, different businesses, I guess. And I guess um, that it all came down to um, creating the plant-based Superman movement, which was something that would motivate men to want to become greater, motivate men to want to be better, motivate men to want to take action. You know, so um, that's where the plant-based Superman term came from because I wanted to become a plant-based Superman. I wanted to do extraordinary shit, you know, so I thought that if I wanted to do that, I just basically created a, a movement and a program and a system and a brand and everything that was going to um, be something that I wanted and that, that, I, that I found wasn't in the, in the, in the world. So that's, that's how the plant-based Superman came about. And then I guess, um, yeah, it's just hard work, man. A lot of, it- lot of, lot of hard work. Was there a reason why you decided to um, niche to men? Yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, I, wanted, I wanted to build like a really tight-knit group, you know. So when we're in the VRP coaching community, like we've got a bunch of dudes all sharing their training, sharing their struggles, um, sharing their sort of journey. And, and um, I, think that, I think that guys just work. Guys are going to be more vulnerable, more open and feel more connected with a bunch of other dudes where they feel safe and, and we're on the same journey. Whereas if you um, throw women into the mix as well, then a lot people will be a lot more afraid of being judged and on both ways, you know, whereas, and then 
if, if and when we do launch a plant-based superwoman or a plant-based Wonder Woman, then that'll be a, like a women's only kind of community where chicks can talk about whatever chicks talk about, dudes can talk about what dudes talk about, and yeah. uh, we'll keep it, keep it nice and, nice and uh, tight, you know? Yeah, I like that. Cool. Um, well, I, uh, I appreciate you sharing a little bit more about what you're up to and uh, the different levels. Can you, before we, before we part ways here, can you share something that somebody can do like immediately to start seeing some uh, health benefits? Or is there a couple of moves that somebody could do to, to, to change and improve their health? For sure. Um, number one would just be to, to do something, to, like, to move every day, to do some form of exercise every day and preferably in the morning. So whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, half an hour, um, going for a light jog, doing some squats, doing some push-ups, doing some yoga, um, whatever it is, doing something in the morning to change your state um, would be my number one tip. So wake up in the morning, get out the door, go do some exercise would be number one. Um, number two would be eating more plants. And, uh, and any less animal products and just sort of seeing how you feel. Um, and then number three, I guess, in terms of seeing results, man, um, I think number three would be sort of educating yourself with, uh, with that, those list of books that, uh, that I'll, I'll share with you and um, that I recommend sort of everyone, everyone to read, man, and start empowering yourself and taking ownership and responsibility for yourself um, and your time throughout the day because the truth is we've all got the same amount of time in the day and the only thing stopping you or holding you back is yourself. So you just got to um, just fucking take action and get shit done, man. Stop fucking around. <laughs> That's a good note to end on. <laughs> um, if somebody's interested in hearing more about what you're doing in the Superman, uh, plant-based Superman model, what, uh, where can they go? How can they find you? Yeah, man, just search up Plant-Based Superman. Probably uh, check, you can Google me, Plant-Based Superman. You can uh, Google uh, – Instagram's good as well. I do just content on Instagram and also Facebook as well. And um, if you do want to reach out, if you do want to hit me up, man, I'm very, I'm very open. I'll, 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 I'm happy to, to share with you some of my time and sort of go through exactly where you're at. So um, just hit me up and I'll be happy to help. Good stuff. And I'll, of course, include uh, your contact info in the show notes on my website, pkexperience.com. So, uh, Emmett. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, thank you for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, and uh, some of your crazy stories. Appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to getting to know you a little bit better and we're doing some work together as well. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, you've, uh, you've committed to locking into the plant-based Superman journey, so I'm sure your listeners will be seeing your transformation coming out soon. That's, that's yes, 100%. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate it. Catch you, mate. Have a good, Have a good one. Peace.